Welcome back to A Fine Time for Healing. I am your show host, Randy Fine. A Fine Time for Healing is a place where your physical, emotional, and spiritual well-being are all that matter. So relax and enjoy the show. Today we have with us uh, Dr. Frida Birnbaum. She's back with us, as a matter of fact. Um, Dr. Frida is a research psychologist and psychoanalytic therapist in Saddle River, New Jersey, and the award-winning author of Life Begins at 60, A New View of Motherhood, Marriage, and Reinventing Ourselves, and What Price of Power, an in-depth study of the professional women in a relationship. Um, notably, Dr. Frida is the oldest woman in America to give birth to twins, and uh, we'll just touch on that. The mother of five, her youngest sons were born when she was 60, lending her a unique perspective on issues related to parenting and the empowerment of women at any age. Absolutely. Welcome, Dr. Frida. How are you? Thank you so much. A pleasure to see you again. Thank you. It's great to see you. Thank you. Um, so today we're going to talk about how emotional or would emotional prenups yes. save marriages. So I think we all know what a prenup is in general. What is an emotional prenup? And I always wondered why we have these financial prenups before we even get into the relationship uh, and its depths of what a marriage is supposed to mean. There was the disconnect, uh, and I didn't like it. It seemed very negative. It seemed too businesslike. So I thought about what if they had an emotional prenup, something where you work on the marriage to prevent the other from happening altogether. So I came up with this concept, and actually we're pitching it uh, for a show where we would have couples on, and they would be asked questions with a lie detector next to them, by the way, uh, to see, you know, what is the predominating factor, uh, pre predominant factor of uh, concerns that would disrupt this marriage? You know, 50% of couples, believe it or not, are divorced, and that's pretty scary. So... We would ask them questions. Do you have any secrets? What about, do you believe in monogamy? I mean, that's a big one. Don't think everyone's going to give the same answers. And what about your ex? Will you be seeing your ex? And will you be seeing your single friends? Will you be going together and uh, or separate vacations? All these things that come into play later that couples don't really think about. And by the way, there is such a thing as counseling and therapy before marriage, which is wonderful, but it still doesn't set up the premise for what to expect ahead because these couples look and see what, what it is that they do know, but they really can't perceive uh, what to expect. What about in-laws? How often to see the in-laws and how do you spend money or you save or a spender? Uh, money is one of the biggest factors for divorce, by the way. That's really number one, not infidelity. But infidelity is often a deal breaker as well. So that's just some of the questions uh, that they will be uh, stating. And we'll see if they're going to stay together or if they're going to leave at the end. That makes so much sense. Thank and I you. can see where that is not discussed. These are the little things that come up. But these little things can become huge because there we go into relationships and marriages with assumptions. Yes, a lot of assumptions. I've been married a long time. 
obviously, but anyway, I've been married a long time. And you know, one of the biggest things, and I love my parents. And I said to him, you know, one of the deal breakers, because I did my own little prenup, we have to be able to visit my parents. We have to be able to take them on trips, because to me, that was important to maintain a certain type of uh, exclusiveness with my parents. And he accepted that. And to me, that acceptance was very romantic. That to me, you know, that that is something that went much deeper. I'm not saying you shouldn't be attracted and you shouldn't have common interests. But in the long term, when you're married, some of that stuff is less important than the deeper uh, factors that do keep you together or not. Hmm. You know yeah. that. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Um, is there a difference between how men um, view marriage versus women? Do we look at things differently? Well, women are a little bit more complicated. Let's take arguing. Men, my husband and a lot of men, give the silent treatment. And that's a killer because there's no response. I can talk my heart out you know, and tell them everything. And I will know I'm 100% right. And just say, okay, you're right. He never gives me the satisfaction. You know, <laughs> he will get up and walk into another room. And then I really want to kill him, you know, go after him. Mm -hmm. But so that's, that is a difference uh, between uh, expectations and how to go into situations. Men often feel like, what is what is all this nonsense about? What is all this minutia about? What are you talking about? Who cares? Not important. And to the woman, you know, she'll drag up stuff from history 20 years ago, and she will ab absolutely feel that this is important uh, to, way, to the way this relationship is going. So there's a lot of that tension back and forth with a misunderstanding but it's not that one person cares less than the other. And that's a biggie. That's the huge misunderstanding. Oh, this person doesn't care. Or this person wants to kill me off. And so each person is very highly defended. And when that happens, there's that breakage there that defines your behavior that often we all know you forget about the initial behavior to begin with and why it happened, you just see that the dishes were broken in the sink the next morning. <laughs> you get up and you say, hey, wait a minute. Bleach has been poured on your clothes or something. That's right. Was this a dream or what? 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 <laughs> so the aftermath is the lingering fact of, of all this anxiety. And you know, the, the truth is, at the end of the day, we're all tired. We all have stuff that happens to us. Somebody said something or whatever. And we want to vent. And that's the wonderful part about a relationship too, companionship. So when we vent, you know, we let go. And we're not as nice as we were out there to strangers because we know we have to have that kind of conversation out there. And we let go so much that the person we're closest with becomes our victim. And they're the ones that get targeted because of all the anxiety we had out there. So a lot of that stuff happens. And if you can just preconceive those kind of emotions, I'm not saying you shouldn't talk about your problems. Of course you should. But I'm saying say it in a way 
that's supportive and positive. And the other end of the situation is the person who's listening. All right, if that person is talking their heart out to you, they want something from you. Just don't say, let's go have dinner. You know, or what'd you make today? I'm hungry. That's not a, the right response. I'm sorry, that's how you feel. I know you had a hard day. So taking turns also supporting each other is very important. Uh, financially, of course, it used to be role-playing. It's really changed what marriage means today. I mean, my mother used to say, if a man is like a broom. If you have one at the door, that's good enough. No, today, <laughs> see, I remember all these things she said. Today, it's not good enough. It's not role-playing anymore. It's not the man goes to work, the woman stays home, double standards. She's dependent on him. Women won't put up with stuff the way they used to because they're not as financially or emotionally dependent. And that's really healthy. A marriage should be part, and I know this is very hard, for a man, a marriage is part of the package. It's his career. It's his uh, friendships. It's his fa family of origin, his children, his marriage. Women often have marriage as everything in their lives. And that's where the problem begins, because then they depend on the man too much emotionally. And then they say the man is controlling them. But when in reality, the woman is the one that's setting it up to happen. So That's what I found to happen. Wow. That's so yeah. insightful. Yeah. I, women and men think different, <clears throat> differently. I find that, um, you know, women expect men to think like they do. And that is never going to happen. We need to understand that we're very different in the way that we process things. Absolutely. You know, it's right brain, left brain. And women think differently uh, on more creative spectrum. Uh, men are more focused, abstract thinkers. And they always say if, the women, if a woman ruled the world, world uh, would there be less wars? Uh, I'm thinking Clinton, Hillary Clinton, maybe she's an exception. I think there'd be definitely this. Thank you. I see. I took a risk, but uh, mm -hmm. you know, but that's true. And, and it, there is such a difference. And we come in it together, thinking that oh, well, you know, we love each other. We'll be there for each other. Yeah, the romantic stage, everything's wonderful. You're going to support the other person, and then what happens is you find out you have a different history. He was brought up. She was brought up differently than the other person. So right away, you're starting with a different sense of, you know, raising children. I mean, raising children, two different people with two different concepts is very difficult, being the more nurturing one, being the more forceful one. And I know today men are more nurturing than they used to be, which is wonderful. So hopefully there's less stress uh, in that area as well. But, you know, parenting itself is extremely complicated today. The, you know, helicopter parenting, authoritative, uh, authoritarian, uh, submissive. I mean, all this stuff, you know, what kind of parent? And then each person thinks they're right. And the kid, uh, the worst thing you can do for your child, of course, is to have conflict. But that wasn't your question. That's okay. So, you answered it. <laughs> all right, good. Somehow. <clears throat> you know, I think um, what I hear a lot is if he loved me, he would know what I want. You hear that a lot? Wow. I guess if you married a mind reader, somebody who was a psychic, maybe, I don't even know if they would know that either. But uh, if he loved you, he would know what you want. 
if he loved you, he would want today a relationship that's give and take, where each person gives each other something that they wouldn't give themselves. And that's really what a good relationship is, something that's dynamic, something that at the end of the day, you're not just waiting for the other doctor, it's doctor, see, it's Freudian slip, it's just like a doctor, to give you, no, you're, you're each going ahead and giving the other back and forth. That's what love is all about. Otherwise, it becomes needy. You know, what do you have for me today? It, it, it becomes exhausting. And that in itself can create a divide in a relationship where one partner has a certain role and the other partner is a, has a certain role. And then there's a power struggle here because guess what? The partner who is giving is more powerful. The partner who takes is weaker. And as that time goes on, you're giving your power away to somebody else that's going to make this, the decisions. And as I said before, then you'll start complaining. So watch out what you do really want. Communication is really important because um, we have to say what we want. You know, we can't expect that the person, just because they love us, know what we want and then get upset because it doesn't happen. We have to communicate. We have to. Yeah. And, you know, ourselves. we don't even know what we want. Do we really know what we want? You know, one of the first questions I ask patients that come to see me is, you know, what is it? What is it about you that you feel you need? Uh, who are you? Who are you? And, you know, when we put feelings into words, uh, then we can act appropriately. So they can't even address the first part. Their feelings. How can we know, how can we expect our partners to know what we want when we're constantly growing and evolving? The important part really is to evolve and grow together. It's not about staying in one place. Uh, that's boring and that's dangerous and stagnant. But it's about bringing the other person with you as well. If you're growing in a certain direction, often people that come here to see me uh, individually about relationships. They're going to grow. They're going to have more self-esteem. They're going to have uh, a more focused uh, lifestyle. And it's dangerous for the marriage because you can leave that other person behind. So always bring that person with you with the activities and events you go to. Because believe it or not, there are other people out there will in the beginning will seem so much more interesting. That's why you hear about all these office romances uh, where it starts with friendship. And then what's going on after the friendship is it becomes something that is romantic. And then they exchange one problem for a worse problem because the office is a superficial setting where people look their best. And then you come home to a tired partner who complains all the time, who wants that? I'll take the other one till the other one becomes that. So be careful. You, you can get into a worse situation for sure. Yeah. I think, you know, you mentioned earlier parenting styles. I think um, that can be a big point of contention because um, some are more permissive, some, I mean, and, and again, with the assumptions, we assume that children are raised the way we were raised or the way we think we should have been raised or something like that. And so we don't realize often that the other person is thinking totally different than us. And merging that together can be really difficult. There has to be respect um, and uh, compromise, I think. 
And absolutely, you know, I come from a family uh, that were immigrants, uh, but a lot of love and thought a lot of me. And we went to all kinds of celebrations together and religious holidays together. Uh, and I had a lot of friends. My husband comes from a very well-to-do family where there was a nanny. And he was happy if he had SpaghettiOs for dinner because <laughs> his parents were out there having the finest meal somewhere. You know, my parents would never think of that. The kids came first. So, yeah, right. Different backgrounds. And it has nothing to do with money. It has to do with the connection and priorities and the relationship that comes first. Because, you know, happiness comes from the right relationship not for money. They say 75, well, now maybe it went up to 100,000 a year uh, is enough uh, for people uh, to a couple to feel comfortable. So we don't have to feel that we making more money, making more money. People uh, with more money, maybe they buy fancier cars, but you still have the car. You still have shelter. You still have the basic needs. What really is important is what is going on in those with those surroundings. What is going on in those those houses? Sometimes I'll walk around the block, and I'll look at these beautifully groomed homes, and I'll think to myself, "All right, I wonder what is it like inside, really?" Because that's where where the action is all about. Sure. Uh, so th that's very important uh, to know that uh, it's really about the. Uh, uh, fact that when you are healthy and when you are in a good place that's when you're ready to meet the right person that's healthy also otherwise you look for someone else to fulfill that emptiness that you don't have and there's a huge price to pay for that, that a huge price. So true. yeah very much wow that is so true yeah is there uh are there rules for arguing in a marriage? Well, there's one rule that I always say that if someone is attacking you in a way that they won't listen to you and it's already set up, a, a set up deal where whatever you do, it becomes negative. The best thing to do is not only to leave the room as I said, my husband does sometimes, but to leave the house entirely because then they can't follow you. And if it means getting into the car and driving away, you do that because then you break that tension that's escalating. And when it escalates, it's emotions that come not only from the situation at hand, it's pent up. I find in my practice also that a lot of my patients come that come in uh, come in because as children, they were repressed and they didn't have that opportunity to express themselves. And so it's always there. And so when you're married, you feel that person's going to take care of your wounds. And so when there's any argument, you overreact because you're repressed from the past, nothing to do with what's going on at the moment. Yeah, I like what you said about leaving, walking away, because if somebody is is trying to be controlling, there's nothing you can do. And I work with narcissistic abuse um, victims. So what happens when you're um, are trying to deal with a controlling narcissist, which they are, um, the, more you the more you answer 
and the more you defend yourself, the worse it gets. And it yes. takes you to a downward spiral. Absolutely. Out. And by the time you're done, you've brought the issue up initially to your spouse and now you're being blamed. Yes. Yes. So Absolutely. it's important that we not get into these confrontations with these people because they're button pushers. They yes. know that what they're doing is you know, is trying to get a reaction, a solicitor reaction. Absolutely right. They know our triggers already. Mm -hmm. They know which buttons to push. Right. And we're very good at hurting each other. It's really great, really great. And then if you bring in the in-laws and the parents, ah, oh, that really goes, you know, your mother's like this and you're just like that or, you know, whatever. Your father was incompetent and he didn't know what he was doing. And I'm going, my father? Or he's going... Oh, you, I said, your mother was so-and-so. So we say things that are over-exaggerated to get, make sure, because our agenda is not to tell the truth. Our agenda is to hurt the other person. How ugly is that? Did you see, uh, I just remembered, Roses, the War of the Roses? Yes. Well, that's really hurting it. I mean, they destroyed the house. Right. You know, how they did that, I don't know, you know, coming to think of it, how did they... And, you know, the banisters were falling apart. I wouldn't have the strength to do that. How did they rip out the, all this wood? I don't know. I never thought about Hammers. that. <laughs> yes, know. I'm like, God, That's she's falling down the steps. I'd be dead by then, have a heart attack. But <laughs> for sure. Remember, Ivana Trump, she fell down the steps and she injured herself and didn't make it. So I guess that's what a movie's about. It's surreal. But yeah, so we can really get to that point of dragging each other out and it's exhausting. And where does it le lead us to? We can't stand each other till we cool down because we have to run an errand or some stupid thing. Or uh, can I take the car right now? I have to go. So we break the ice and we live our lives again because life uh, keeps happening to us. So that's something to remember if you can cut it short and which means compromise, which means talking listening that's the most important things like i do in therapy uh so much goes on in my mind but i know that person wants to diffuse listen to your partner that what that person is saying is important to them if it bothers them even if you don't agree if it's not going to take you into a place where it's going to put you out too much go ahead and follow through this is what you're there for it's not who's right or wrong. It's what has the biggest effect. That really is what you're, remember, you're a couple. Remember, you're in this together. This is not a war. This is not your enemy. You have to feel safe once you go inside that, open that door and close the door, that this is your place to unwind, uh, to relax. Have a drink if you need a drink, if you do that. Uh, you know, in my background, we have a bagel, whatever, but <laughs> have a, bagel. Have a, a drink. That's why I look like this. Uh, but uh, yes, that's what we're addicted to. But, um, you know, so remember, remember what you were like together in the beginning, because that's going to put you in the mood. What did you like about each other? What was positive? How did you meet? You think of those things. I met my husband because I thought he was kind. We went away to a singles weekend. It was cold outside. He took his scarf off and he put it around me. 
Oh. And I said, oh, my God. I said, that's it. That's what I cared about. Kindness. Uh-huh. Especially I lived alone in the city in New York. That was So that was double uh, the effect on me. So yes, remember what the original concept of what you liked about that other person. And then, you know, there's dating. Have a date night once a week. So you can see each other maybe away from the kids, but in a calm way where you're wined and dined and nobody's tired. That's very important. Go away uh, for a weekend if you can once in a while. That again helps you to see each other differently because, you know, life takes over. There are all kinds of things that happen that are very stressful. As I said, money is the most stressful situation and you have to agree do you want to spend or you, do you want to save? What do you want to do with this money? Do you want to go on vacation or do you want to fix up the house? Those are the things that you need to know so you avoid this constant conflict over and over. Because after a while, that conflict becomes, you know, full of tension, negativity. And then you see each other. And the minute that person says something, aha, uh-huh, I found something wrong. And you're already on that track of finding why that person is wrong. And that's dangerous and that can lead to divorce. So that we have to be careful with. One of the things that really gets to me is what I call the kitchen sink. So somebody presents something, the other person doesn't agree. And then that person starts bringing in all kinds of things from the past as evidence to support it, you know? And there's no way you can compromise with that because now you're being attacked. You know, it was one thing, now it's everything from the past. So I think it's really important to stay focused on the issue, don't you? Yes, absolutely. Uh, You know, as I said, you have to be healthy first. Uh, You can't marry somebody to fix you. Uh, The romantic period is when that person really understands everything. But If you're in a place where you feel that you have not progressed enough, uh, you don't feel good about yourself, wait. There's no rush. Uh, The most important thing is you have to be happy uh, to bring happiness to you. It's what you put out there is what you project. Because if you become the victim, uh, you won't like it after a while. And that other person is going to see you that way but you won't want it. You know, there's a saying, a woman marries a man to change him. Did you hear this one? A woman marries a man to change him. A man marries a woman because he wants her just the way she is. Well, what happens is the reverse. The woman often changes and the man is the one who stays the same. And that's where the problems begin. You're right. Absolutely. You're right. Always the problems are set up to happen. So when you look at what it is that we really want, do not marry somebody to change that person. Unless you want to spend a life in therapy, you know, and even with that, people seem to have their own agenda. And when you have a relationship, if it changes, uh, divorce often happens because the agenda changes. But if you can work it through, and my research for my dissertation showed, uh, if you can work it through, it's the marriage can be better than ever because each person uh, is getting their needs met, especially women who want to be financially in charge more. I've gotten a lot of that doing the bookkeeping. The men want to have less responsibility, 
uh, and they can be more involved with the family or nurturing. And that's a big part of that. So that is something where you give and take to each other. Uh, but that's not because there's a deficit, uh, but there's a partnership. There's a different reason for taking in, in a partnership than, you know, what's in it for me. If you are uh, somebody who makes the other person happy, the other person will want to give you back double. That's always the case. You always get back when you're kind, when you have compassion. You know, being compassionate uh, is one of the best things in life to feel for the other person, to have empathy for the other person. That's rich. That if you want to feel good, understand other people. And it's not only in a relationship, but it's just in general in in, in, in public sense of where you go and why people react the way they do. So it's changing an attitude of negativity to someone. If somebody slams the door in your face in the supermarket, instead of turning around and saying what you really think, Mm -hmm. think to yourself, maybe that person is in a hurry. Or one thing my husband hates when he says thank you to someone in public, they will say to him, no problem. Oh, right? I says, that. What, what is I that all that. about? What do you mean, no problem? Hmm. What does that mean, no problem? That you didn't want to do it and forget about it? Uh, don't make acknowledging that you did something. It is something. To, so that really I, I, I hate that too. That, yeah. So, so those are some of the things that people are really not uh, sensitive to. And, you know, uh, in certain areas, they get into their car. They don't even talk to their neighbors or know who their neighbors are. When I'm walking around the block with people having all this stuff in their ears and everywhere, uh, I'll say hi. And some people will just shh like that. And I will make it a point to say hello because you know when you smile, you feel better. So even though they didn't want to say hello to me, I hope they feel better afterwards because it used to be when we had neighbors, when I was a child, everyone said hello to each other. They would stop and talk to each other. They'd invite us in. They would all kinds of things. Today, people are very territorial. So in the marriage, and that's what we're talking about in the marriage, that's another thing. To be able to be open-minded, to accept people, uh, not to isolate yourself from other people in your lives. Because then there's a void also. And then you still want to control. I have a couple, hope they're not listening to this, but I have a couple comes in and she doesn't, she finds fault in everybody that her husband meets and in his relatives and in her relatives. Well, guess what? It's only the two of them now. And it's boring. They don't have that kind of connection. So I'm opening it up to be able to bring new things into the relationship. Do not be so insecure that you feel that things are going to change against you if you go ahead and you experiment with new ideas and new experiences. I love it. You really do understand this. I mean, really, really well. And you're, you explain it very well. It makes so much sense what you're saying. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, yeah. Women, I think, we're more engaged when something somebody is talking yes. and will nod. We let that person know that we hear them. Yes. Men don't do that. 
And so that could be very frustrating to women because we say something and then we get nothing, you know, and nothing, nothing at all, nothing at all. So, so, you know, you'll get something like, well, you didn't ask a question. So what what do you want me to say? No, I want you to participate in the conversation, but it's so different the way we communicate, isn't it? Yes, it is. And you know, research has shown that men often speak slowly. Uh, They take their time. And if a woman talks, they will look at their watch. (laughs) That That can kill a relationship right there. You throw daggers at that person. And uh, they will uh, not hear what you're saying. And then you have to repeat yourself again. And then they call you an egg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what you say? Okay, all right, all right. Leave me alone already. You. But you didn't, you know. And if they're talking, they want your 100% attention. You can't look at anything if anybody calls you. They could be talking about who knows what, nothing, nonsense sometimes. And they need to know that when they're talking, they even ask questions to see if you're listening. Do you know that place that I'm talking about or whatever? Oh yeah, sure. Not really, but okay. Yeah. So they need all that stuff. Uh, but uh, when it comes, yeah, but you know, it's interesting because men as children uh, were not really given relationship connections. Uh, They were given uh, a message to go out there into the world. And women have been given a message to be nurturing and more oriented towards relationship, more so uh, even today uh, with uh, more equality, it's still happening. So what happens during divorce is the man will seek what he's not been given. And that is, he will be the one, but believe it or not, will be the first one to get married. And women uh, will be the first ones to fulfill themselves individually uh, go back to school, have careers, look better, have fun, have friends, all the things that they didn't do. So each is giving the uh, each of themselves what they didn't have. But my premise is, why not do that while you are married? Why do you have to wait in order to get those needs met? And that's going to make a, a, a much more longevity uh, towards a marriage. Of giving yeah, each I, other we, we, yourself. I mean, we need to give spouses need to give each other freedom to be who they are, express themselves the way, you know, like my husband loves Disney. I can't stand Disney. He has a friend. He goes three or four times a year. He has a great time. I'm thrilled with that. You know, he likes cities. He likes to go to New York and run around and Mm -hmm. I don't, I like the beach, you know, so he goes and he does his thing, you know, Um, and then if I want to do something, I do it, but um, I think you need to be able to not feel like you have to be agreeing and tied to every single thing the person does, otherwise you're not compatible. Yes, and you know, you're absolutely right, and a lot of people could not do what you're doing. They would not support that. I can guarantee you, when I asked the questionnaire uh, to these five couples hopefully will be doing, uh, they're not going to agree with this. They're going to say, no way. We don't believe in uh, separate vacations. Uh, no, uh, we want to do everything together. Mm-hmm. Uh, so 
to be open-minded like this uh, gives the other person some space. And you know that absence make the heart grow fonder. Mm -hmm. So you appreciate enjoying each other, seeing each other. Oh, he came back. Great. That means, I, <laughs> that means, <laughs> that means uh, he wants to come back. He, right. So that's a good, he didn't leave and not come back. And by the way, it reminds me, I had a patient who came in. She's gorgeous. She was gorgeous, which I'm still, I'm sure she still is. I just don't see her anymore. Gorgeous. And came to me and said, I used to have a ch just write out any amount on checks that I wanted to. I used to have a life of everything I wanted. My husband went to work. He was, oh no, he was supposed to get bagels. We were going to a bar mitzvah. He was supposed to get bagels for us to have breakfast before we went. And he never came back ever. That was the end of it. Wow. And of course, I mean, you know, and here I am in, in, in you know these uh, in these suburbs here. You know, there, there's more drama in the suburbs than anywhere else. More drama, more competitiveness. I'm telling you, it really is it can be vicious. Who invites who to the parties? That becomes a big theme. But when uh, when that happened, the reason this is what I'm talking about. The reason behind it is not always what it seems. Yes, he ran off with his secretary. What else is new, right? So you have to be careful who the sec your husband's secretaries are. And uh, But she was not as pretty. He was intimidated by his wife. He was intimidated that everybody looked at her. He was insecure. So when he, he ended up with somebody, he was less intimidated. So you never know the reasons. So it's not necessarily better. It's could it can be insecurity as well so these things happen in a marriage that is so unexpected she was devastated i didn't charge her of course i couldn't i couldn't put more wounds onto this uh, uh you know into what she was going through uh to help her but um these things are happening in a way where more women today are unfaithful than men that are coming into my practice and for some by some miracle i'm keeping these marriages together which is interesting that um and and what's interesting about it is they reveal their infidelity in my office and i go i'm holding on to my seat and i'm going you know, oh, right. Doctor, Doctor Frida, i feel so secure cure with you that i'm going to say this i'm going oh no so, so it's the women and um, men, uh, believe it or not, are more forgiving than women. Um, they are able to handle it in some way. Now, I have one patient who every year goes on vacation by himself to feed himself something that he can feel, he can function and have contentment on his own. But then again, he also sees that the marriage has changed and she has changed. So he gave her a chance. So if we, if we can do that, that's great. If we don't have, uh, you know, any kind of outside interest, that's even better because the intimacy in the marriage does change. You can't, you, it's in back of his mind or their mind of what happened. And that's never going to be the same because when you're intimate with someone, um, you're giving of yourself unconditionally. 
and then they were intimate with someone else. So it's not unconditional anymore. It's based on a lot of different decisions. So that is something that is the deal breaker often in a marriage as well. So true. Yeah. Let's talk about sacrifice versus compromise. I think that um, people, you know, if, if you came from a family where you had a mother that was a martyr or something like that, um, whatever uh, role model you had, sometimes people think you're supposed to sacrifice for your partner. And I say, you don't need to sacrifice, you need to compromise. What is your opinion? That's true. I agree with that. You know, it's interesting because some of my research was based on that, uh, that women that had mothers uh, who were happy uh, being homemakers uh, did the same. And women that had mothers that were conflicted, like uh, like myself, uh, and that was my dissertation, what happens when a housewife becomes a professional in the relationship? I was curious about that. But, uh, you know, they are the ones that have the biggest task of changing and really possibly having a divorce. As I said, the midst of it is um, really changing in a way that's better for you and it can be better than ever. But, and then those that had careers had role models that this was a comfortable way to be. So it's whether the mother is happy or not uh, has to do with the orientation uh, that you do take, uh, but uh, being uh, submissive, uh, being a caretaker, uh, you know, we only have so many brain cells. We don't want them to die out. And so <laughs> we have to use it. And you have to be able to see yourself in a way where you can have um, a, a way of taking care of people and a way of doing the right thing for yourself. So I was brought up in a, in a time where women stayed home and I went uh, for my degree and people treated me like I had a disease. Like, really? I mean, today, what else is new? But at that time, well, I always had some kind of stigma because I did do my own thing. Uh, but yet, when I was, I was accepted to Columbia University for my master's in psychology. And I quit because my children needed me. I was married uh, at the time to the same husband. But we were from a different time where men, the roles were very much cemented. And the children and he would call me up and say to me, oh, uh, what time are you coming home today? So I said, well, what about the kids? Who's with the kids? He wasn't in with the kids. He wanted to know what time. I said, forget it. I don't care. So I, I got a PhD on my, without walls because of that. With all the syllabus and everything, I did everything I was supposed to. Wow. But you see, so you can't really have everything. You can't have it all at one time necessarily. But you can definitely have it all. There are a lot of women, revolutionary, revolutionist women who are sorry they didn't have both moving forward. But today, it's common. And when you see something for yourself today that's not common, trust your own judgment. Because as you're saying, being a caretaker or looking for approval, you're never going to get 
what you individually need. I mean, my therapy uh, is not psychology. It's psychoanalytic. I treat the individual. Uh, five people can say the same thing, but it depends who is saying it. So you have to be in an individual, not what society expects of you, uh, to be who you are. And then when that happens, you can really be an example for other people. Yes, you're going to go through some bad stuff of not having a support system, but who cares? Who really cares? You know, I saw a movie years ago about this lady who was sweeping the floor in some cabin, some backwards place, and it was very bright. And the theme of the show was she always said she wanted to be a doctor. She could be a doctor but she wasn't treated equally. And she died of a heart attack while she was sweeping the floor. Very dramatic. I said, oh no, I said, I don't want that to be me. So yes, so that's a part of a relationship of knowing what it is that you want and getting the support. Now, sometimes couples need to support one another at different times Mm -hmm. in their careers. If If a man moves, often the woman in the family will move. For the career. If a woman moves, it's not necessarily the case. So you need to be able to support each other, possibly at different times, because there's still certain standards. If a woman has a family and a career, she's thought of as selfish. And if a man has a career and family, he's thought of a family man. Mm-hmm. So right away, those words depict certain messages. So we have to be careful about what words uh, we use uh, for people. If you are somebody who can support a wo- another woman, if you are a woman, that's because you see yourself in that person. If you're competitive with other women, uh, that's because you feel inferior to them. And uh, that's another thing that I research. I must have done a lot of research. But women who are most competitive and most manipulative are the least um, accelerated in their careers. So that's very sad that they have to work so hard. I find personally women who are accomplished, I find easier to be with because they don't have to prove anything. They're not competitive. So that's something that's important in a relationship. When you're with somebody, if that person doesn't feel fulfilled, um, they're going to give you a hard time. So you need to be able to say, I feel secure enough about myself that I can meet somebody who's secure. If I don't feel secure enough, I'm going to meet somebody who doesn't feel good about themselves. And and I'm going to be a therapist the rest of my life. Watch out. It's true. It is so true. Everything I say is true. You know that. I know. I mean, (laughs) you, you keep, you're nailing it. Well, that's Um, why I like being on your show, because (laughs) when I leave here, you know, there's a plaque on the wall in my kitchen and it says, if no one's listening, it's probably mom. And now (laughs) my office (laughs) is an extension here and people pay me to hear me. I'm talking about all kinds of people in the media, professional, whatever. But the minute I step a few steps into that zone over there, (laughs) I have teenagers, I know nothing. And even my son tells my my patients that come in, why are you seeing her? She doesn't know what she's doing. Mm-hmm. I said, great, you'll find out in a couple of years if you have established what I did. But, you know, so that's part of uh, 
the whole pick the whole scenario of you saying yes to me life is not as is not as fulfilling always as that but thank you you're welcome you know, see, be careful what I, don't, I don't lie i, I don't lie thank um, you I, appreciate it. <laughs> I think we need to know that the person that we're marrying is going to grow and change um that they're not stuck in their ways because i know i have changed tremendously we're, we've been married 34 years going on 35 i've changed so much i was a housewife i've raised my children and i experienced spiritual growth throughout that time and i had different philosophies and i changed you know throughout the time and then i took on a career and um you know became myself and became and no matter what i did my husband would just come along with me you know he didn't change a lot but he was willing to shift well you're one of the lucky ones that's wonderful that you found the right person to feel confident enough in himself mm -hmm. to support what you're doing mm -hmm. and not everyone does and divorce happens a lot and so when we're talking about uh why there are so many people that are getting divorced is for that very reason they don't have the opportunity to find themselves they feel stifled they don't feel heard uh they argue about the littlest nonsense nothing but once you're in that argumentative mode i know my practice if a couple comes in and no matter what the other person says forget it they they, they don't want to fix it it's already too late it, it's it's something that is um they're extreme, extremely damaging. So when you look at your partner, is that partner flexible? Is he willing to take, uh, have you take vacations or vice versa alone? Uh, is he willing to promote you in your career and for you to have a better situation for yourself? Is he flexible with your experiences, uh, with what it is that you want? Would take somebody who's confident, who is in a good place, who a, feels a sense of accomplishment. So don't think for one second, if you marry someone who you look down on, they're going to appreciate being with you. No, they're going to pull you down with them. Be very careful. A lot of people do that. Yes, they they do. marry someone less than so they can feel appreciated. Mm -hmm. So true. Yeah, relationships are tough, and I and this uh, that's why I think this uh, this um this talk this podcast is really really important with you because um, you're touching on so many of the points of you know what causes this these rifts between um, couples and so if we go back to the emotional empathy or the 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 Wait, wait, no, that's not what it was. Emotional. Prenup. Prenup. There it is. Right. I, I forgot already, too. Yeah. yeah. I use prenup. empathy all the time. Okay. So the emotional prenup. Um, how do we guarantee that what we agree on is going to persist throughout the relationship? Well, you know, it's similar to the marriage vows. Uh, and when you say whatever it is, until death do us part, it's part of the marriage vow. And when you break that, marriages often break. It's the same thing. You can 
go ahead and bring that into uh, the marital contract. So when you say uh, you want to follow uh, your expectations and give the other person what their needs are, you know, uh, that's according to the emotional prenup that's put into that contract as well by saying, I do. And when you say I do, there's nothing written there that says uh, I'm going to have to uh, stay with you or not stay with you. You don't have to do anything. But these are the premises where this marriage is defined. So if you think of a marital of a contract, uh, it's the same thing. And it's actually part of the vows uh, when you're getting married. So it's very simple. When we have certain expectations, they're not met uh, in that marriage. Uh, there's reason uh, to uh, not have that marriage continue. The only difference is that the vows are very general. We don't know what's in between. And what I'm saying, let's know what's in between so we can have a preconceived feeling and know what we can do about it. This way, we're not taken off guard. We're not alarmed. And we have a method of dealing with it. Listen, if you're a saver and I'm a spender, where do we want to go with this? Are we going to argue always? Oh, how, how do we want to do this? What's important to you? What's more important to one than the other? Somebody may find it extremely important because they didn't have money and they want to save. And they feel that they can't trust anything. Another person can be very casual. All right, so if it's so much more important to you. So that is preconceived because it's always easier to look at a problem before it happens and to identify it. Once you're in the midst of it, as I said before, it's not only the problem, it's about who's right or wrong. And that's when it becomes going something that keeps sliding downhill. And sometimes... Even if you talk about these things, the other person may just be, you know, okay, 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 we'll do this, okay, okay, okay. And then it changes and um, when you get married. And a lot of times the, the other couple will stick it out, just hoping that other person will eventually change back to this agreement. How long do we put up with that? You know, everybody knows that infidelity is often the deal breaker. You were unfaithful, you kept a secret, you didn't know about it, you ruined the vows. I'm not putting up with it. So there you go. That's an unwritten agreement with this couple. The other situations are similar. How much? This was something that we agreed on. You're not doing this. Listen, we're going to lose the marriage here if you don't do because it's important to me. This is where we need to go. I'm not saying you shouldn't try to work it out, but I am saying that if that person is not flexible with what's important to you, then how can you stay in a situation where what you have done is being broken? So marriage vows, why have a marriage license? Why bother? Do whatever you want. No, you're supposed to have monogamy you're supposed to 
Uh, you're supposed to trust each other. You're supposed to be there for each other when things are bad. So what? So you'll get married and you decide to not be monogamous. You decide not to be there for your partner. Uh, do whatever you want to. Does that keep a marriage together? No. So what I'm talking about is to be specific to prevent the marriage from falling apart. That's the difference. Right. So how do you see this? Um, do you see this as something that should be a, should be written out as a vow or should be said at the altar or? Um, yes, I see your, something. Yes. Vision? So it should, my vision is it should be written out for sure. Um, you don't have to say everything in front of us, all these strangers, of course. You know, I want sex every night. I don't want sex more than twice a week. But, you know, whatever comes up or my secrets, people don't have to know this. But you can say according to our emotional prenup. You could say that word. And with that word, everything falls underneath that. So it's just saying yes to being supportive of the other's needs. You're saying yes to working on keeping this marriage. You're saying yes to say to knowing that it's not the money that you're going to get out of the marriage, but it's staying in this marriage and this commitment and having a deeper relationship and both of you having your needs met. That's what this is really saying. Similar to the marriage vows, they're just general. But what happens in between? We don't know what to we don't know about it. So yes. Until death do us part. What does that mean? What What is in between to death do us part? Anything? Not really. <laughs> I don't think so. Right. And I mean, and right, you're right. And if that's not defined and you think you got to stick with somebody that is incompatible with you till death do you part because you said that, yeah. um, then you feel stuck. So I, I agree with you. If you can say all these, the in-between stuff. Yeah, you're stuck like, oh, am I being a horrible person by leaving? Like, you know, divorce is thought of as a disease and you're you're not happy. No, you could be happier not married than married. You have to be able to know what your principles are. You don't have to sacrifice and give of yourself. This is supposed to be an addition to who you are. So the minute you feel the person's narcissistic, uh, the person's jealous, the person's keeping you from having friends, all that stuff, you know, people are often complimented by that. No, that's going to strip you the essence of who you are, and you're going to be living that person's life. So be very careful of that. And, and when you have that scripted for you, then you know that you're entitled to have your needs met. Each person's entitled to be effective, to give the other person what they want. And this will help. This will save marriages and will have, a, a hopefully, uh, a lesser divorce rate. And that's why I want to do this on the media, to reach millions of people to know that their marriage has a chance of longevity. It's much more complicated than it used to be with my parents with a broom at the door because it was for practical reasons, right? And, um, you know, the, the man goes and makes money and the woman has pride that she takes care of the children. And what that's it. What what else is, what do they complain about? My mother used to be in my front hall and, and the patients would come in. I'd say, leave, go. Her hair was a mess, whatever. I said, what, can I come in with you? No. 
<laughs> and she'd say to me, what are they, what do they have to complain about? They have a roof over their head. They have food on the table. What more do they need? Mom, it's changed. They need a lot. They have high standards today. And those high standards, if they're not met, people are divorcing all over the place. They're not working it through. So we need to be able to go back again. What's important? Who is important in your life? You're going to change one package of problems for a bigger package of problems. So stay with what you have if you can work it through. That's the best thing to do. But you have to know what it is you want. Because sometimes you have conflict about things that are not even being addressed. But you find something to talk about to get that other person, let that other person have it. Kitchen sink. (laughs) Kitchen sink, exactly. Instead of doing it when you're calm and looking at what the real real problems are, and a lot of it comes from not having having, uh, taken or been giving what you needed from the past, and then you blame that person that you're with. So be careful. Know the difference. Don't throw a shoe over their head for no reason at all, just because you're tired or whatever that reason is, you know. They did nothing. They're, they, they're tired too. Right. Everybody has needs. Everybody wants to be understood. So you want sure. to promote this through speaking rather than a book? Are you going to write a book on this? Um, I'm just finishing a book uh, about, um, you know, Shattering the Mold, I think it's going to be called, about some of the things that happened to me um, that I sort of defied in many in many different ways with my family with myself and all that stuff yes i i i'm going to write a book about relationships and i'm going to write a book about how to know what to expect because it's really uh before the relationship even happens is setting it up to happen and that's the important part what what are the steps to take uh, and finding the right person, what should your expectations be? And even what does happiness mean? Because people don't know. Uh, there's always searching for happiness. What does it really mean? How do you obtain happiness? What does it feel like to be happy? And then moving forward, when you know those things, take advantage of using it in the right way uh, by having yourself as an example for other people. That's the most you can really do. I mean, you covered it from A to Z, you really did. Um, And I'm really excited for people to watch this. We're pre-recording now, but I'm really excited for people to watch this because a lot of people that follow me um, are having relationship issues. And, um, you know, here's some more tools, some more things that they need to consider. Absolutely. uh, so I, I thank you so much. This is just my great, pleasure. I love the topic. It really is a great topic. Yes, it is a great topic. It went very fast. And I may even use some of it for the pitch for the show. So you're going to send a link to my, uh, I'll be recording. Okay. But send I'll a send link. it to you. Yeah. No, yeah. it's okay. I'll Perfect. send you a link. Thank you. And, I'll, yeah, I'll send you, and I'll, it should all be up today. So I'll send it all to you. Perfect. And send it to my publicist as well, because I they're will. the that do the editing and all that stuff for I me. I will do that. I do nothing. Anyway, it was a pleasure. Fun. Thank you. Love you. Thank you. Pleasure. Always. Anytime. Okay. And Sounds good. be well. Lots of you luck too. to your husband and you. Thank you. Take, Take care. care. Bye-bye. Bye. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.